you know, you get into the, into the industry and, um, yeah, I didn't get a huge budget, um, for promo from my publisher, which is, you know, again, it's not abnormal. It's a debut novel. Um, you know, when they're setting the the budgets for promotion, they, they kind of have to make some bets and say, you know, which books do we think, are we confident are going to make it? Um, and they, I'm an unknown entity at the point, right? Uh, it's a debut novel. They don't know anything about me. Uh, and I don't have an existing fan base. Um, so it makes sense that they can't necessarily, you know, just decide to pour a bunch of resources into a book that might flop. What is up, everybody? You're listening to episode 36 of SFF Addicts. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and welcome to your weekly dive into the world of science fiction and fantasy. We are so excited that the official SFF Addicts Patreon and merch store are now live, so check the links in the description to support what we do here, get access to Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes, author readings, and more, and purchase t-shirts, mugs, notebooks, and all kinds of cool swag. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And subscribe to the FanFiatic YouTube channel, where this and every other episode of the show is available in full video. And now, joining us once again, my co-host, the talented MJ Kuhn, author of Among Thieves. How's it going, MJ? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. <laughs> so, just a heads up to everyone who's listening or watching, this is part two of a two-part interview with MJ, so I recommend checking out part one just to get to know her a bit more. Today, though, we are delving into a mini masterclass on being a debut author, which is a fraught experience for many people. It but- is. It's loaded. <laughs> It's a loaded topic. Uh, But to start off, uh, you know, just because you're a debut author, MJ, that doesn't mean that Among Thieves was the first book that you wrote. And we brought this up uh, in episode 35 as well. But how many books did you write before that book got published? So I've been asked this question a number of times, and I'm pretty sure I've given different answers (laughs) several times. 40. That's like, I don't remember exactly. It's either four or five. Um, but it's because I lose track because I like started writing a trilogy and I wrote the first two books of it. And then I went back and I decided to rewrite those two books and the uncompleted third book into one big book. And then I started different. So I forget where I left off (laughs) with any of these. And then it didn't matter anyways, because that trilogy that I rewrote into one book, I scrapped it anyway. So (laughs) none of it ended up mattering. It was fine. Um, but either way, uh, among thieves and and that's the thing so either four or five before among thieves and among thieves wasn't even the book that i signed with my first agent on so i wrote either three or four books Mm. (laughs) and then i wrote another book and um that one i queried and got an agent with um and we worked on that book and took it on submission. And after about a year uh, of it sitting on submission and not selling, we decided to switch gears um, to Among Thieves. So, um, yeah, it was a journey to get you even get to the debut journey. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-debut journey. Yes, exactly. It was like the, you know, step one lasted for like six years <laughs> before we got, you know, to, to the next step. But, you know, that's pretty normal. I feel like a lot of the authors that I know, mm-hmm. um, it's very rare. There's only a few that I've talked to that 
their debut novel is actually the first book that they wrote. I think I can only think of like one or two people I know offhand. Um, so it's yeah, it's not it's not all that uncommon to have a bunch of trunked novels sitting in a in an old hard drive somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but for you, what was it? So it's like this trilogy. You wrote two books, then went back and combined them into like three and one, uh, and then wrote another one after this. It was like in all this convoluted history. At which point were you just like, you know, thinking like this isn't good enough? Uh, so it's like, what if it's finished or not, like whether I have to scrap it or the book that you went, uh, to query with for the first time, why, like what was going through your head when you were thinking like this book is good enough or this book needs to be, you know, pushed aside and sit on the hard drive or whatever. Yeah, it was a process to learn that, uh, I will say. So actually, the the book I signed with my agent or my first agent on uh, is not even the first book I queried. Um, so the very first book I wrote, I queried that. And I'm so sorry to every agent on that list um, <laughs> because you know, it just it wasn't that strong. Um, I didn't I didn't know how to write a novel yet. You know, I was uh, super young and I was very um I wouldn't quite say I was cocky, but I was a little cocky, right? I was very confident. I had been, you know, a strong writer in all my English classes growing up mm -hmm. and like whatever. And, you <laughs> I know, got A's it was in high school. <laughs> it, right, exactly. It's like, you know, and it's a process to learn that like being good at writing and being good at writing novels are not necessarily the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, writing a novel, it's a whole different skill set you have to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did query that project and, I got all rejections. I got all form rejections. I didn't even get a single personalized rejection on that first novel. Um, it, it was because uh, the query letter was was quite weak at the time as well. I didn't really know, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the industry. I was brand new at all of it. Um, but it shattered my soul <laughs> to get just like completely just like shut out for that first book. Mm. Um, so after that, I wrote like two or three books before I even started querying again. It was like, I kept writing projects and being like, no, it's not good enough. And then writing, no, it's not good enough. You know what I mean? Um, so it was, it was a process to get there. Um, I will say though, by the time I, uh, queried that second book, I only sent out two queries and I got offers on both. Um, so I mean, I, a lot of that is I just got lucky. Um, mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it, too, is that I took so long to, like, really hone that query letter and that pitch uh, and make sure that it was as strong as humanly possible. And then the stars aligned and I caught the right agents on the right day. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? It was a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, then I actually just recently had to go back into the query trenches again. It's never over. It's never over, friends. I'm here to rain on all the parades. Um, but, no, you know, my my first agent um, was fantastic. I, I loved working with them, but they they left the industry. They decided mm -hmm. to pursue a different dream. Um, and I support them for that forever. Um, but it was very stressful. It meant I had to go back into the query trenches uh, in between my debut and my oh, sophomore so novel. Uh, it was a very stressful summer. It was um, I spent the entire summer trying to, to hone different query letters and get different projects, maybe ready to pitch and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then ended up signing with my my wonderful second agent now, or my new agent, um, just in October. So um, yeah, it's a process forever, and there's lots of rejection for everyone all the time, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun! It's so it's, it's like so 
fun. Emotionally strenuous. But I want to I want to kind of circle back a little bit because it's like you've yeah. been touching on like queering and everything like this. But I was curious for you, like, why was, you know, you're you're approaching this world, you know, with with a bit of like a naive eyes at the beginning. But why was it in your mind? Uh, traditional publishing was the path that you wanted to go down? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people in the like trad, I think actually less so now, or maybe I'm just running in cooler circles where people are like more (laughs) open to like people doing what they want to do. But I do feel like in the past, I've encountered a lot of like you know, anyone that does trad pub is a hack and anyone that does, you know what I mean? Or sell out. Yeah. Anyone that does self pub is whatever. And, uh, I don't subscribe to that at all. I think that it's just whatever's the right fit for you. Um, and even for the project. And I think, so for me, I wanted to go the trad pub route because I knew I didn't, I knew what I didn't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't have any experience in marketing. I didn't have a platform at all. I didn't have any contacts in uh, for cover art or had even the faintest idea of how to, uh, you know, format a book or anything. Um, and all of that is, you know, stuff I could have learned and stuff that, you know, now I, I kind of am just interested in learning it, even if I don't end up self-pubbing ever, yeah. um, just because it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also. I won't lie. I really liked the idea of having a team of people behind the project, uh, second eyes, third eyes, fourth eyes on the book to make sure that, you know, what I was putting out into the world was um, truly the best I could possibly make it uh, before it hit reader's eyes. And personally, I felt like since I didn't have the money to hire an editor, um, Trad Pub was my best bet for that. No, that's totally fair. I mean, you know, like I started this podcast, basically learn from other authors. So it's like, I'm just going to put like, you know, Matt, like a free classes in the form of this, like thinly veiled podcast. (laughs) I love it though. I love it. Cause it's such a, like a, it's a, it's a very opaque industry for the business side of things. Um, but also it's, uh, I feel like it's such a trial and error thing for the creative side of it that the mm-hmm. more you can learn about what other people do and why they do it. Sure. A lot of it is going to be stuff where you're like, I am never going to do it that way, but you're yeah. going to get one or two little nuggets um, that you might just adopt into your process forever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's very cool. Yeah. And it's like the, like doing an episode on uh, cover art and cover artists and, and uh, doing episodes on like, traditional indie self-publishing and kind of like compare contrast kind of stuff. These are the ones where it's just like, holy shit, there is so much that I don't know, but it's so cool that there are people who are willing to come on here and talk and, and, and share what they've learned. Cause I feel like, you know, going into a blind, especially with something like self-publishing where it's like, Oh my gosh. Right. Um, Terrifying. Like, you have to be more like entrepreneurial in that sense. Um, whereas like, I totally agree with you on, on, on the trad side of things where it's like to have a team, like a set of professional eyes to be able to, um, you know, re-evaluate like aspects of your work and, and help you to reiterate and improve everything that you're doing. Whereas like on the self-publishing side, it's like, oh, it has to be so self-directed. And it's like, if you really strike gold as an author in self-pub, 
usually not with your debut uh, unless you're like ryan cahill or some you know someone like that it's like you know you're fucking talented ryan i appreciate you um but at the same time like so many people even if they're in traditional publishing it's really difficult to to get that attention or hit that stride like you mentioned before like have a platform and you know it's like we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later in terms of like this social media presence thing um but on the team aspect in terms of what you went through working with saga press who was the publisher that uh picked up among thieves what was it like for you when you actually like sat down and met the different people in the publishing staff whether it was like the editors uh going through things like the cover art process and and all that kind of stuff so I had a weird experience. Uh, I feel like it's less weird uh, in the current climate, though, um, just with how everything's going. Um, but if I had to describe just in one word, it's just, it's stressful. It's been very stressful. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of turnover in my team. Um, so just to kind of in the U.S. alone, so we're not even counting like my U.K. team and all that stuff, just the U.S. in the time between I me signing the deal for Among Thieves and it hitting shelves. Uh, I went through three editors and three publicists. Wow. Um, right. Just because, you know, and gosh, we all know publishing. The as publishing an industry, industry is crazy right now. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it expects long hours and, you know, it's going through a bit of, I hope, you know, a reinvention of itself where maybe it'll make the conditions um, more enjoyable so that people want to stay longer. Exactly. Um, but it, you know, it's just been kind of hemorrhaging people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I experienced a lot of that. Um, I will say every single person I worked with was really nice and kind and great, <laughs> but, um, it was just, it was really hard and stressful to keep losing people. And then there would be, you know, big stretches of time where I didn't have an editor and my book was kind of homeless for a couple weeks or months. And mm-hmm. then I didn't have a publicist because, you know, we're shuffling around and figuring out where we're going to put, you know, uh, so-and-so's books now that they've left the industry. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it, it makes it a bit stressful. Uh, I'm, it's definitely not, uh, just me that went through this, a lot of debuts, um, particularly, you know, the, when I tell people that don't, work in publishing or, you know, aren't in the book community, um, you know, just people from my like regular outside of the internet life, uh, yeah. about all the turnover. They're like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I'm like, it is, but also think about, I signed the deal for among thieves in 2019, like mid 2019, mm-hmm. the book came out in late 2021. It's more than two years yeah. in your company. How many people have left in two years? Right? Like, it's just this kind of normal turnover. It's just the timelines are so long. Um, so, but I mean, honestly, probably the most fun part of the process was the cover art. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Christian McGrath does the cover art for, for Among Thieves and for Thick as Thieves. And uh, it's fantastic. Just a brilliant um, He's a, a wizard. <laughs> what um, the Dresden Files is like probably his most well-known covers yeah. but i think he also does stuff for brandon sanderson and uh yeah he's done stuff like a yeah. halo books are are mm-hmm. his cover art and um yeah so and i was a fan of of him as a cover artist before they you know saga approached me and was like we're thinking of having christian mcgrath to your cover and i was like please um, i'm sorry <laughs> yes please um yeah so it was great i had very little to do with um the cover art for among thieves they basically just asked you know if I wanted a person on the cover and I said, 
Um, yeah, I thought it would be cool to have like maybe the opening scene of the novel on the cover. Hatchets. Yeah, and the hatchets. And like literally <laughs> that was pretty much all I did except for then at the end they sent me two versions of the cover. One was like a gray tone and one was the blue and I picked the blue. Mm. <laughs> and that oh, was it. Choice. Yeah, thank you. I thought so. Uh, but that was like literally all I had to do. So it's my favorite when people compliment the cover art because I just get to be like, oh my God, isn't it beautiful? Because I didn't do anything. It's like I it's not even. Yeah, it's not even like crappy for me to accept the compliment because it's not even, they're not even complimenting me. Like, yeah. <laughs> but there, but there's the, there's the one with the, I think it's the UK version with like the lime green spine and then the yes. US, US like North American version, which is like a wraparound blue. Um, yes. So what, like, what, what was the decision there? Cause it's like, even though I li- like, I love my copy, I'm like, I want, I want the green spine. Right. You know? I, know, I love that bright <laughs> spine. Yeah. That was, um, so Galance is my publishing house for, for Monk Thieves in the UK. And, mm-hmm. um, they just, they loved the cover art, but they wanted to just, Spruce I don't know, it switch it up a little bit. Yeah. For, for the UK market. Um, which is the funniest thing, uh, the, my editor over there told me that the font the font on the cover of the U.S. edition is not a very U.K. font. And I thought that was that funny. I don't know. I have literally no clue. But the font for the U.K. edition is much different. It's it's much more cursive and curly looking. So um, I don't know what that means. But that is apparently why they changed the font. All these um, fucking straight edge Americans can't deal <laughs> right, with. Right, right. So boring. Ugh. Flow. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know, but I love it. Um, And then it's funny because they sent me um, like a mock up of it with that bright color and Mm -hmm. um, which is like it's like a highlighter yellowy greenish color. Um, And I was like, I love that it's a different color. But like, what if we tried it in orange and they sent it to me in orange and it looked like shit. So this is why I don't do it. This is why I don't do it. I was like, (laughs) never mind. Never mind. I take it back. Do what you guys thought you were doing. You. Yep. You nailed it the first time. Forget I said anything. Um, but this is why I'm not a visual artist. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know yeah. that skill set. Um, but yeah, so that was a fun part of the process getting to, you know, see a, an artist's interpretation of what yeah. my character and my world kind of looks like was really fun. Yeah. So. And we, and we brought it up earlier. It's like all these different aspects of like, you have the support of, even though there's this like flux that's constantly going on, you even brought it up with your agent, even though that's separate from the publisher. But <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing about like social media presence and having a platform, you know, despite being published by a big publishing house, um, you know, what was your experience like in terms of support from like the marketing side of things and how much effort did you have to put in on your own, whether it was, uh, you know, like marketing on, and like TikTok and different social media platforms to setting up interviews and all that kind of thing. And was it different from what you thought traditional publishing <laughs> publishing would have offered you? Yes. Um, so it was a lot different from what I was expecting. Um, it was so funny. One of the main reasons why I, um, and not the only reason, right. But one big reason why I didn't want to explore self-publishing was because I knew I didn't have the know-how or the platform to market the book myself. I wanted the, you know, the oomph, the weight uh, of a big publisher, or at least, you know, even a smaller publisher, a traditional publisher behind me um, to help with that. Um, And, you know, you get into the, into the industry and um, yeah, I didn't get a huge budget um, for promo from my publisher, which is, you know, again, it's not abnormal. It's a debut novel. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, when they're setting the the budgets for promotion, they they kind of have to make some bets and say, you know, which books do we think are we confident are going to make it? Um, and the, I'm an unknown entity at the point, right? Uh, it's a debut novel. They don't know anything about me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have an existing fan base. Um, so it makes sense that they can't necessarily, you know, just decide to pour a bunch of resources into a book that might flop. Um, I did get, uh, I will say in terms of like production, distribution, and like all of that, I got incredible support, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is nothing to sneeze at, you know, it's in Barnes and Nobles across the country, you know, it's is um, huge kind of marketing just through placement, right? Uh, as far as that goes. Um, but like, as far as legwork that I did myself, um, you know, I, you I've planned- busted your ass. Dude, I kind of did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, it's it's a journey and it's, it's um, you know, I organized um, my own cover reveals. Um, so like, you know, a, a lot of the bigger books will get like a splashy cover reveal on tour.com or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, and, you know, that just wasn't the case. They didn't end up um, setting stuff like that up, which was fine. I just ended up making cool friends um, with actually in this case, FanFi Addict, uh, yeah. uh, our friends there. Um and it's like, hey, you know, can we do a cover reveal together? Um, and, mm-hmm. and of course, David agreed and it was great. Um, but yeah, so I also for uh, book one, I scheduled all my own launch events. Um, so, you know, there wasn't, uh, you know, anything set up in terms of like, oh, we're going to put you in conversation with this author and get you in this that, and the other thing. Um, mm-hmm. I just ended up, you know, finding some other authors in my space since reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, do you want to do an Instagram live with you, me? Will you do a TikTok live with me? Um, you know, and set up those kind of launch events myself. Um, at the time bookstores weren't open cause they released during COVID, but, um, for my sequel, I have found an indie bookstore locally and I've set up a launch event there. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. This uh, cool. shout out sidetrack bookshop. They're awesome. <laughs> um, they're the people there are so great. Uh, but yeah, I, I said, scheduled myself podcast interviews. I scheduled signings at some some different bookstores in my area. And um, I have actually ended up um, figuring out how to hand sell my own books through my publisher properly. So I've attended several festivals and like purchased table space at those and like, mm-hmm. you know, hacked my books by hand <laughs> to the local <laughs> readers, um, which is fun because then you get to meet, you know, local book people, which is yeah. great. Um, but yeah, and then, I got, they, and then, and then they get to see how just like quirky and weird and wonderful you are. <laughs> They're like, this girl's a weirdo. Uh, she won't stop smiling at me. I guess I'll buy her books. Like she goes away. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Just like, leave me alone. <laughs> right. Like, okay, fine. I'll take the book. Just leave me alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it has heist. Smile them. Yeah. Thieves. Right. Please take it. Moral You're going to love it. <laughs> it's, but like, really, that is kind of how it feels to try to sell your book by hand. It's very awkward. Um. But yeah, and then, you know, in terms of blurbs, I didn't know, you know, what would happen with the blurbs from like, you know, other authors. So and so says this book is great. Um, yeah. So my uh, my publicity team was great and they got it out to the trade publications. So, you know, we got a really good blurb from like Publishers Weekly from through my pub team. But, um, you know, any of the blurbs from authors, you know, I went out and got all of those um, myself as well. So, um, yeah, it's really funny that that's the reason I went the trad route or a big reason was so that I could uh, not have to learn how to do marketing for my book. Um, and instead, I, I did learn how to do marketing for my book in a lot of ways. Um, but I think it's better. I think it's for the best. Um, these are really valuable skills um, for any writer to have. And I got the chance to like learn them on the fly. And now I kind of, you know, have some skills that I can 
further improve upon for later books and hopefully, you know, keep, keep marketing. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of this weird sort of shift within the publishing industry where it's like, I think a lot of publishers have seen what self pub authors do. And now they kind of expect a lot of their trad pub authors to, to pick up the slack when it comes to some of these things was like, doing a lot of your own marketing. It's like you say, there's obviously there's like the production side of things and the distribution, which is huge, yes, which is huge. But at the same time, it's like to get your face out there and, and, and put yourself in these different situations where you can promote your book. A lot of it's like, okay, social media is kind of like this monstrous entity within the world that we inhabit. And so it's kind of like, yeah, just do, do your own thing over there, you know, and, and you scream into the void, have fun, figure it yeah. out for your fucking self, man. But like <laughs> with all of the work that you put in, you know, after Among Thieves was published and, and, um, you had Thickest Thieves already ready to go, but you went through so many struggles to get that book published. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tell me, tell me about the process of getting that book picked up and how it was for you in terms of um, kind of like mentally processing this as a debut author who had this book ready to go and it's like the sequel to the book that you published in the first place. And at the same time, you're having to do so much legwork in terms of push to get the, to, to get the book in front of more people and kind of uh, validate the, the this sort of... Um, uh, the need presence of an audience for it. Exactly. Even. Like the need yes. for this book to get out there, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, again, it's one thing where it's like, I don't want it to come across like I am, you know, like dunking on trad pub um, because it is, it is hard. They have limited, you know, budgets and, and limited numbers of books they can take on. And yeah. uh, I genuinely believe that all of the like folks on the, like working directly with authors side of, of, of publish publishing. Um, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, all the super higher up folks, but the people that I've worked with are awesome people. And if they could spend a million dollars on every single author's book, they would, um, mm -hmm. you know, but that's not the case, right? It's capitalism and there's limited, uh, resources, um, sales so, metrics and all that. Right? Yeah. Shit. Oh gosh. You know, these companies <laughs> that have to like actually make money to stay afloat. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, um, they have to, every time they're signing a book, they're, they're taking a risk. And every time an editor, um, you know, kind of even puts, sticks their neck out for a book, they're taking a risk. Right. Um, yeah. I would imagine that if they stick their neck out for a book and it really flops, it probably is, is challenging for them, um, on the, on the back end of things. Um, so the first time I pitched the sequel, to my publishing house was, um, it just ended up being bad timing. It ended up being right in the middle of an editor turnover. Um, so I think maybe things got wrong, like missed or something. I'm not sure what happened, but the 30 days, uh, for the option clause lapsed and they, they ended up passing. Um, and I was devastated, right? <laughs> because, um, you know, it, it, it's just a devastating experience to get a pass anyways. Um, mm -hmm. but especially since I, felt so strongly that the rest of the story needed to be shared for it to feel complete for me. Um, and then I, I will say I, <laughs> I saw so many reviews after that, which don't read your own reviews. People don't do it. Do as I say, not as I do. That, um, that, but, save, save, save that for, for, some, yeah, I know. Um, tidbit of like, don't 
fucking do it. Stay off Goodreads. Do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Save yourself. Um, But I was, I was reading a few reviews and like several of them were like, this is a three star. It would have been a four star, but you know, it said it was a standalone and I feel like the story doesn't end. And I was like, gonna rip my hair out of my skull because I was like, it. there's more. I have it written already. Like it's ready to go. I just can't share it. Um, And at that point, I wasn't even feeling comfortable with talking about the fact that there was a sequel because I didn't have anything under contract. And, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk about anything really uh, because publishing everything is always very hush hush. Um, So, yeah, it was really stressful. We we had to go through a a bunch of different options. Maybe we were going to try to pitch it just to my UK publisher and see if they were going to pick it up. Or maybe I was going to try to just self-publish the sequel. You know, my agent at the time and I talked through a whole bunch of different options. Um, Because for me, the priority was just getting the book into readers' hands. Yeah. Uh, Whichever readers might decide they want Changing that three to a four, baby. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) Let's go update some Goodreads Hmm. reviews. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, there were people, I'm not going to say, you know, it's not like Among Thieves was a big runaway bestseller and there's huge audiences clamoring for it. But, you know, there were readers. And I knew that a lot of those readers cared about what happened to these characters. And I wanted to share the rest of the story with them. Um, but uh, yeah, so it ended up that they the publisher didn't want to pick it up because the pre-order numbers for the paperback edition of Among Thieves were too low, um, which again, is, is fair. They're looking at the numbers and deciding what they're going to put their bets on. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time, it didn't look like Among Thieves was going to be it. Um, but then like a couple months later, I got a random surprise phone call from my agent that they changed their mind and they wanted to pick it up like it was just like a random wednesday or whatever and we hadn't even contacted them about it like it's not even like we were pestering them um i found out later it was because my wonderful editor amara was really going to bat for it um behind the scenes like day in and day out um her and my publicist at the time kaylee um were both really talking it up at the house and and fighting for it so um i'm forever grateful to to both Mm. of them for that um but it's funny i (laughs) The day I got the call that the sequel had been picked up was the day after my mom had pre-ordered her paperback copy of Among Thieves. <laughs> so we always joke that like that was the final pre-order that we needed yeah. <laughs> to push it over the edge. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> it's like all we need is so, like all we need is like two thousand. You were like one thousand ninety nine. Sitting at one nine 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 forever. Yeah. And then mom Boom. comes in clutch at the end. Thanks, yeah. mom. <laughs> exactly yeah that's the other version of the story yeah oh i love that but it's like it's good because you know um i feel like there's this like umbrella of publishers as these corporate entities and things like that and it's like you know yes they are looking at things like sales metrics and and a lot of those decisions do get based on that but then it's like you have people under the overarching umbrella who are really fighting for the authors that they believe in it's like yes. you know your editor who's like pushing for it day in day out and that kind of thing and that's the kind of stuff that for me is like you know i do with my book like i want to go into traditional publishing um not that i lack knowledge to do self-publishing but more so it's like i got a kid and like time and stuff yeah, and energy it's so and, much like extra work on the on the front end yeah. for the author to do self-pub yes yeah. And then for me to, to continue doing this podcast and everything like that, it's like, it makes me feel really good to hear stories where it's like, you know, there is soul within these publishers and it's yes. really, that's something to really cherish. Um, I think, 
And for, for you, sure. you know, what are some other uh, stressors or challenges that came up, but also on this sort of note of like the people with soul and heart who are kind of fighting for the authors, like what are some bright moments that, that you experienced throughout your journey as a debut author? Now that you're going towards book number two and you don't get to be in this debut category anymore. Just like, right. Uh, yeah. I'm not a cool flashy debut anymore. <laughs> I'm just a boring old regular person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll start with the challenges and then we can cheer it up with the bright moments. Um, yeah. We've already kind of talked about some of the challenges, really just the turnover um, of the, in the pub team, which again, all of the people I interacted with um, were great just so passionate about books. I feel like those are the folks that end up working in publishing. Um, you know, they're just kind of beholden to the, to the budgets and stuff that, that ends up being stressful and and awful for them sometimes. And then they leave. (laughs) Um, uh, also just adjusting to the slow speed of publishing was a challenge. Mm. Um, however slow you think publishing moves, triple it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) everything it just moves so slow um it's just a very uh lots of silence lots of waiting for answers or like Mm -hmm. even once you get news lots of sitting on secret good news before you're allowed to share it um you know i'm not a patient person by nature uh it has definitely become a learned skill that i now have which again is good it ends up being you know all of these things that are challenges uh ultimately yeah um I think are, are ending up making me a more well-rounded person and like a better author and, and marketer in general, um, which is ultimately good. Focusing yeah. on the bright. Um, I will say the lowest, probably the lowest part of my debut journey was actually an interaction with a different indie bookstore, not the wonderful one I am working with now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it's already kind of feeling down. It was before Among Thieves had come out. I was already having like all this turnover on my pub team. I was feeling like I didn't really know what was going on because communication was slow. And it's just, it's overwhelming. If you're a debut mm-hmm. author out there and you're listening and right now you're like, I'm supposed to be the happiest I've ever been in my life and I'm miserable. <laughs> it's okay. You're it's okay. Normal. You're not alone. I feel like a lot of debut authors feel like that because it's so stressful. It feels like there's so much riding on it. Like this is it. This is the pinnacle of my life and um you know it's an exciting moment to release a debut book but it's not it's not the pinnacle you're fine it's it's gonna be okay um but (laughs) but you know it was in like those months right before it comes out and so I found this indie bookstore near me and I was gonna ask them I would I went in and I offered them an arc of my book an advanced Mm -hmm. copy and was like hey I know you guys have limited shelf space it's a pretty small store but you know here is an advanced copy I'm a local author um you know just to consider consider stocking this in your store and (laughs) dead ass this woman looks me in the eye and goes yeah we're not gonna stock your book and I was like (sighs) oh oh, okay and she's like yeah I mean we have like no shelf space and like it's not like you're like Nora Roberts or anything so um and, and like literally I just felt like my soul like sink into my shoes <laughs> like it was the most devastating experience uh ever and I got home and I cried like a whole bunch like so hard I was like shaking and sobbing um because you know it just it feels like n- you're never gonna make it right like you yeah. I know I know I'm not Nora Roberts right I'm brand new and I just was hoping to to make an envoy into you and know if I was Nora Roberts I wouldn't fucking go no I'm just kidding right? <laughs> I wouldn't, I go wouldn't to even little... need to be here trying to hawk it <laughs> exactly. by hand right yeah exactly <laughs> so that was pretty heartbreaking um and I have not been back to that bookstore since but it's fine because now I found a new indie bookstore that rocks so uh-huh. shout out to Satchworks. um 
<laughs> exactly. Sidetrack <laughs> is the best. They're cool. Um, but then actually that story has a happy ending too, because like a true millennial, I, I, I didn't tag anyone. I just like went onto Twitter and I just tweeted like, oh, you know, this bookstore just broke my heart. Like just telling me that, you know, basically I'm, they're never going to stock my book because I'm not Nora Roberts and like whatever. Um, and I didn't even tag Nora Roberts, nothing. But her team reached out to me and was like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I'm sorry that they're using my name like this. Like and she's like the sweetest human ever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I own a bookshop. If you send me like some signed inserts, I'll put them in your copies and we'll stock it in my Dude. store. I was like, oh, my god so yeah the story has a happy ending because nora roberts is a true gem of a human shout out Um, to nora too right i know she was great that was that that had a happy ending but it had a really really sad low moment in the middle there um but yeah we'll talk more bright moments um the people the people have been the bright moment of this whole journey um Mm -hmm. so very early in the process i realized i didn't really know what i was doing and i didn't really know what was happening and um what I should expect from this experience. I didn't know anyone in my real life that was in the world of publishing. And so two people reached out to me uh, on Twitter uh, and it's uh, Hannah Long, HM Long and Genevieve Gornacek. Um, And both of them were like, Hey, you know, we're debuting. I see you're debuting next year, like in the fantasy realm. Like, should we start like a group and like just to try to connect with other debut authors? And I was like, hell yeah. So mm-hmm. the three of us started a, a debut group that ended up, I think we have like 400 members in the group now. It's a lot of people wow. um, across all genres, you know, that the, in the adult market, though, we, we didn't have, you know, like the kid lit stuff just because it's kind of a different vibe and stuff. And, and I think there's uh, a separate group um, for yeah. authors. And likes to swear. That. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I am not, my books are not safe for children. Um, but yeah, so, so we connected with, with a lot of those people and I think I've made like some lifelong friends, um, through that group, which has been great. Um, but then like, you know, the, the challenges of really having to do a little more legwork than I was maybe expecting on the marketing side, um, a blessing in disguise in this way too. Cause you know, I got to meet so many people in the bookish community podcasts, this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> then now I have an awesome partner and I get to, you know, do awesome podcasting and, and talk about books that I love every week with you. Like, this is going to be great. Um, and I wouldn't yeah. have had that opportunity, uh, had I not, you know, gone through the, the debut experience. Um, so, and then other, like just two last little bright spots, uh, seeing my book on a shelf at a bookstore for the first time, um, which has been my childhood dream. Uh, and so that was a pretty sweet moment. Um, and then, I had one reader that reached out to me and they said that they had been feeling depressed for a really long time. They'd been in like, you know, a a bad place and that reading among thieves was the first time that they laughed and felt like themselves in months. And like, I, I cried. I genuinely cried when I read that. It was just like, they just added me in a tweet, I think. Um, And I was like, that's, that's why we do it. Right. Like that is uh, even my book is not, you know, some, super deep exploration on the soul or whatever right like Mm -hmm. i wrote it to be fun i wrote it with the mind that i wanted to make people laugh um and that's just like the whole point right so mission accomplished (laughs) that is a beautiful note to end on mj i love that thank you (laughs) yeah but uh yeah we'll, we'll wrap it up there but i think for anyone out there who's writing their debut or is a debut author just keep at it. You know, there's a lot of shit that you're going to have to deal with, but that's life, man. You know, you have to, 
take the hurdles as they come. And, and it's like, I love that you have, with all the lows that you had, you had some incredible highs and you're learning all these lessons along the way. And I think that's really uh, valuable for everyone who's going through this process, whether they're even beyond their, their debut or anything like that. Uh, I think it's a, a lot of good stuff to, to take away from, from your experience. So um, yeah, I thank you so much for, for sharing all that. And for anyone who is contributing to our Patreon at $10 or more, you can check out MJ's exclusive reading of chapter one of Thick as Thieves, which is out on July 25th. So check that out. And I'd also like to say after this episode, MJ is going to be my co-host. So you're going to hear her every week. I'm not going to be interviewing her, but we're going to be interviewing other <laughs> authors. Uh, but I'm really happy and I'm blessed to have you as my co-host as SFF Addicts continues to grow. Uh, and if you could let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yes, I'm so excited to be joining the team for SFF Addicts. Um, you can find me on social media, um, all the big ones. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, at MJ Kuhn Books, all one word. Awesome. Well, thank you. And you can also follow SFF Addicts on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at SFF Addicts Pod. And you can follow me on the same platforms at Adrian M. Gibson. That's it for our two-part extravaganza with MJ. Uh, and you can also tune in next week on January 22nd, where we're going to be kicking off TBRCon 2023 with Hannah M. Long. Uh, so look forward to that. And for now, keep reading, keep imagining. And we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts.